Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Bookish and the Brave. Like you, the Sojourners are on a mission, or at least they were, and they completed it. If you go back through the episodes, you can find how they successfully defeated the Amberdune gang and found exactly what they were looking for. And in this most recent episode, they are on their way back to Baldtop Library. They spend their time traveling, debriefing, and ultimately, storytelling. And more excitingly, they also get to meet Ascenditon. And so for now, our story continues. The River Sharon spilled into the Mavi Ocean. Skimming across the river is a skiff, and inside the skiff are three sojourners. Worn, weary, and wary, they sail over the calm waters on their way from the city behind them, the city of flame, the city of Boshan. Sterling is reliving the moment prior when he was staring at the dragon through the broken parts of the bridge. He could see it magnificent, resplendent, but also dreadful, standing boastful and prideful over a large hoard of treasure planted at his feet. And Sterling found himself having frightening flashbacks to that haunting visage, those eyes looking at him and releasing a giant blast of lightning. He shudders in that small boat. He knows water and lightning don't mix. He's almost instantly brought back to reality as his attention was piqued by a loud bang with Hawkins landing with his back on the bottom of the boat. And after chucking to himself about the adeptly dexterous gnome tripping over his chainmail, Sterling is shocked by Hawkins' countenance. Hawkins had gone white with terror and his eyes were fixed on a spot in the bridge. And tracing his eye lines, Sterling senses turned from slight humor to downright terror. The water on his skin seems to chill and his heart starts to beat faster. The dragon had him afraid, but that lady, standing on the bridge and cackling, had him mortified and cold to his very bones. Instantly, he felt trapped inside a dark room. He could see himself lying on a cold slab of frigid rock and his body doing a perfect imitation of that floor cold eyes looking at him from the corner as that witch was speaking in a language and he recognized some of it now and with that cackle of starblood still ringing in his ears sterling slowly comes awake and his first thoughts are where am i suddenly as his senses flare audio clues come as vaughn's steady strokes of the oars glide through the water and his vision clears and there's hawkins looking concerned at him sterling is comforted by the gentle rocking and leaning of the boat and his mind clears and quickly races as he realizes he's on the water suddenly without warning and with stunning alacrity sterling rolls backwards off the boat he hears a big splash and a muffled cry as hawkins must have said something but he doesn't care he is home he's in the water all of his cares are washed away and he is no longer sure of the passage of time until he remembers that his friends are now with him He's not like last time, they're in a boat, 
and that boat hasn't moved for a while. He seems to swim to the surface as quickly as possible and his head crests the water and he grins and shouts, all right, Vaughn, take a break, I've got this, as he starts propelling the boat through the water. A few moments earlier, Hawkins sits upright on an un- on an upturned bucket in the bow of the small fishing boat facing Sterling and Vaughn. He's feeling exhilarated at what they had just accomplished, heart pounding and senses sharp. They had found and dismantled the Amberdune gang all at once, destroying their stock of Gingwatsums and recovering a new book to present to the library about how Gingwatsums are created. All this while the dragon raged above them. He looks all around now for a sign that they've caught the attention of the dragon or that strange lady on the bridge is, or that she's pursuing them. But at the moment, he can't see much behind him. He looks back at his friends, Vaughn laboring at the oars to get them away from the trouble quickly, and Sterling looking like he's seen another ghost, his eyes still locked on the bridge. Hawkins starts to turn again to see what could have frightened Sterling so much when the sudden movement of Sterling catches his eye. Hawkins is so surprised, he lets out an ah, and then looks to Vaughn. Any idea what that was all about? He asks. Vaughn's not sure either. They spend an intense moment looking for danger. When it's clear that Hawkins hasn't missed anything, uh, the tension breaks and he starts to chuckle, and that chuckle grows into a laugh. Once the laughter dries, dies down, the rhythmic waves and rowing help to settle Hawkins's mind. He's amazed by how quickly his thoughts turn to Fletcher. Through Alexandria's vision, it seemed like he was suffering from some of the same symptoms as mind control victims who are still in Boshin. He recalls when it all started on his final night in Boshin over a year ago when Lord Basile confronted them. His name seems to be coming up a lot, Hawkins realizes, forming and dismissing several theories in his mind until he settles on a few plausible ones that could explain the apparent connection between Lord Basile and the Bainite activities in Boshin. Suddenly, Sterling shouts from the water nearby, pulling Hawkins out of his intense thoughts. Then the bolt jolts forward, nearly sending Hawkins tumbling off the bow and onto Sterling, who began to push as he swam. Hawkins and Vaughn again show a moment of laughter. They make it to shore in no time, and the three start back toward Baltop on foot. Around the campfire that night, Hawkins asks Vaughn to see the idle hands grappling hook longsword that they'd found in the Amberdune hideout. He muses aloud, It's a bit too heavy for me to use effectively now, but I bet I could reshape it into something a bit more suited to me once we get back to Bald Top. Eager to reach Bald Top Library as quickly as possible, Vaughn rose well before dawn and packed up camp. Sterling, Hawkins, it is time to go. What? what? It is still dark, mumbled Sterling. Okay, Vaughn, agreed to the sleepy Hawkins. The pace was slow to start as the party shook off their sleepiness, but before too long, Hawkins and Sterling were talking about the books that Sterling had seen when he was with the demon, uh, excuse me, half demon, and Vaughn was busy out in front, leading the way and reminding Sterling that we don't want everyone on the road to know about our business. Keep it down, Vaughn suggested over his shoulder. After a midday snack on their meager rations, they hurried the remaining couple hours to reach Baltop by mid-afternoon. 
Although there were a scant few travelers on the road, everyone was cordial and Vaughn's suspicions and alertness, although usually beneficial, seemed to be a little extra and unnecessary. There were no other travelers once the three reached the turnoff just past the mushroom grove, as Sterling likes to call it. It was at that moment Vaughn's stomach turned to knots as he remembered Aramonte. The bookends approached the gate and were quickly ushered in by the guards on duty. Skoda Berkworm has had us looking for you and asked for us to send for him upon your arrival. Winston, go tell Master Skoda that the bookends have returned. As Winston turned and ran off, Vaughn turns to Sterling and Hawkins. I need to go check on my plant, Vaughn said with a strange look in his face. You bought a plant before we left, Vaughn? That doesn't seem like you, replied Sterling, and then received an elbow to the quad from Hawkins. You remember his special plant, Sterling, don't you? Hawkins nudged and then glanced at the guard standing close by. You two wait for Skoda and then send for me once plans for our debriefing have been made. Vaughn stated this and then turned and began to walk away, not waiting for a response. The guard made to protest, but a stern look from Vaughn caused him to quiet his suggestion. Vaughn returned to his apartment and went directly to the tree quite a bit larger than it was when they left just a few days ago. Aramonte was not on the tree. Vaughn began to look around frantically for her when the window opened on its own accord and the flower child of Vaughn came sneaking in. Vaughn, dad, was the response from the smiling flower baby who had also grown a bit since he'd last seen her. Aramonte, where were you? Vaughn surprised himself with his stern fatherly tone. You were gone, long, bored, made new friend. Vaughn sat down at this statement. Head in his hands, he thinks to himself, new friend, talking fairy baby, what am I gonna do? But the words that came out of his mouth instead were, have you seen your mother? It's silent in your room. Aramonte shivers a little bit and then shakes some dust and dirt off of her legs, for indeed her legs have now been formed to resemble more of your frame. She still retains a few roots that are stringing from her thighs, a couple grasping roots that are sticking out of her kneecap. Her hands and arms have not completely formed, so she still has a pedal and leaves that drape over her like a coat. She has your nose. Or your mother's nose. My mother? No, I have not. She's not one of the friends I made. She walks over towards your mattress and she lifts it up and pulls out a can of peas and a wrapped protein bar. And then she looks at it and says, are you hungry? Would you like the protein bar or, or peas? She waits to see your response. Vaughn is looking at her amazed that she was She's grown this much in the little bit of time that they were gone. And uh, 
is still completely shocked at how fatherly he's feeling. So he smiles at her and says, I'll take the protein bar. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, yes, it's good. She reluctantly opens up the can of peas and you see right before the mattress drops down that there is a book underneath the mattress, one that you do not recognize. The mattress flops down and she begins to munch on the peas with a sad expression on her face, looking ever so longingly at the protein bar. Vaughn, uh, picking up on that message, would, uh, would break the protein bar in half and hand her the other half. Oh, I, I made quite a few friends. Um, there is a, a, a funny old man. Um, I forgot his name, but he, uh, he let me see secret doors inside the dungeon of the library. And we saw a, a terrible thing. I, I fell asleep through it. I think he told me a bedtime story or a nap. And the next thing I do, he couldn't speak. He was a strange man, but very nice. And one of my best friends. You would like him. Vaughn's a little shocked. So how did you meet him? Well, I was uh, bored one day and I waited until the maid came into the room to clean up and I, I made a really big mess. I'm sorry about that, but I made a big mess so she would have a long time to clean up. And while she was doing that, I snuck around behind her and I went to the library and that's where I found the protein bars. Some of the witnesses eat them while they're studying. It's supposed to help you study all day and stay up all night and and they're really great and there's this black drink that i really like to drink i can't remember the name but it makes you really like talk really fast and i met a couple ghosts or and let's see i read a lot and oh and then and then i i went to the dungeon and i saw a little light and so i went to go see what the light was doing and i found a wire and i began to play with it and then it turned off it, it shut down this 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 humming sound. Stopped, and the humming sound was just bothering me. So I unplugged this wire, and that's when I met the the old man, who cannot talk anymore. Well, that's quite an adventure, Caramonte. I'm thank you. So impressed with all the things you did while I was gone. I wasn't gone that long, you know. Well, I grow up fast. I am you a sure big girl do. now. Yes. Sure she's eat, she's eaten the protein bar already. Uh, Vaughn will reach over and uh, pour a few of the peas into his hand and partake of those with her. So you're back. What do we do for now? Well, I need to meet up with <gasps> my friend. Would you like to meet my friend? I know where he lives. I spied. I would like to meet your friend. Yes, very much I'm so. Good. And then you can see how good of a spy I am. People think I'm a plant. Well, you do look a little bit like a plant, and I think you can use that to your advantage. She goes over into the, uh, to demonstrate, she goes over <laughs> into the corner and appears as like a potted plant. Not very convincing, given that you watch her transform, but you can see that anyone passing by, if they don't know what they're looking for, can mistake her easily for a plant. Vaughn just completely, uh, he's, he's completely lost in his brains now, and he looks over there and he says, <laughs> Aramonte, where did you go? Aramonte. <laughs> I'm right here. He's she unfurls herself. Yeah. Face, yeah. It's really good to have you back. I, I don't like 
being alone. I don't like it when you go away. I, I think I think I don't like that. Yes, I can say that now. With 100 certainties, I don't like that. Well, I may have to go away again, but I think with you becoming such a big girl, it may be possible that uh, you could come along. Well, by now she is elated to the point of speechlessness. Oh no, did you forget how to speak like your friend? Yeah, oh, I have to go show you him. Please, let's go meet him now. Sure, let's let's go. She rushes, grabs your hand, um, and even as she puts the flower stem in your hand, she begins to sprout a finger and a thumb. Gently wraps around and you can feel a grip even forming unknowingly to this transformation that she is experiencing even now as she takes on more of your dexterous attributes, having spent time with you. She is making like a beeline towards Ascendaton's hut outside in the court of air. How do you proceed, Vaughn? Vaughn, I'm assuming, is still a little quicker than she is, so he's just going to, he's going to pretend like she's dragging him along and he's just going to keep up. Sterling. Once back in Bald Top, you and Hawkins are walking side by side, having Vaughn just once again uh, dismembered himself from the party, leaving the two of you alone. In the court of air, the court of Bald Top, you see once again the Helping Hands workshop, the Bald Top brew with the banner slightly faded and tattered under new management. You see a sign that says, Happy anniversary, Bald Top. Thank you for 339 years. And there is a living wax statue of Stuffnubble Bonknose. Stuffnubble and Lorana Bonknose, the gnomish founders of Bald Top Library ever so long ago. Uh, the celebrations are continuing to go on, but waning throughout the week. There are more than usual, the pilgrims here, and there's enormous amount of books that have been brought in to celebrate this wonderful anniversary. And as you are walking through this court, how do you appear and what do you pay attention to? So, um, Sterling is um, paying attention to um, the definitely the, the celebration. I don't think he knew that much about Baltop before, so he's kind of very shocked at 339 years. Um, but he loves a good party, so he's uh, he's all for that. And then he's also pointing out the the gnome and being like the Hawkins. Do you know them? No, they lived a long time ago. Uh, I thought gnomes lived for a long time. Well, they were old, I think, when they uh, founded Baltop. They haven't been around for a while. Uh, so it was gnomes that found. I knew that. I read it in that book that one time. But you know, I've read so much since then. I don't think I remember. But that's cool. Wow, three hundred and thirty-nine years. And you see all those books. You think there's any King Watsons in there? You think we got them all? Ah, now you got me nervous. I <laughs> hadn't even crossed my mind. Uh, I guess it's a good thing we brought this book back uh, from the Amberdoon gang. I wonder, uh, wonder who we can give it to. Yeah, that one needs to be locked up. Maybe throw away the key on that one. Yeah. Naturally, since Skoda gave you the mission, 
Skoda would expect a report sometime from the three of you in the main library. Meanwhile, Hawkins and Sterling, you see that Vaughn is keeping up a brisk pace running through the court. There's Vaughn over there. It looks like, uh, looks like his daughter's got him wrapped around her finger. Oh, daughter, that's what you're talking about, special plan. Sorry, a little slow on the uptake there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that was a crazy night. Oh, well, we better follow him. I mean, I don't know why she's dragging him in plain view. It's... And she leads you to the house of Lazarus, where Philo, the perpetrator of the King Watson, is being kept. There is a proud, very oversized man who is standing with a ceremonial spear. And she, Aramonte points and says, he is not very nice. He he never would let you inside. You have to be very special to work here. Like Skoda or Kalan or Sylvia. Are we going to wait for your friend to come out then? Oh no, he can't come out. He's quarantined. Well, I can get in pretty easily. by waiting, I, I well, I go behind him and pretend to be a plant for a couple days, maybe, or hours, a long time, and I wait for them to deliver the food. He's got a nice dog. Um, well, that sounds yeah. great. What is your friend's name? Um, Sindeton? I, I can't remember, but he, he calls me Petal even though that's not my real name. But he can call me that, because he was very nice to me when I was in the dungeon, and I disconnected his globe. But I never told him that. So, you saw him in the dungeon, and that's the dungeon down here? Yes, where all the books are kept and where Miriam lives. Okay. Well, I don't know that it's going to work for me to stand behind him like a plant for a few hours. And you said this man's not very nice, so I don't know that it's going to be beneficial for me to try to ask him to see your friend, even though we don't know his name. That makes it even harder. Hmm. Maybe I could go ask him. Wait here. She creeps over to the corner, leaving you by yourself, Hawkins and Sterling ever approaching. She positions herself like a couple blades of grass and plants, and you can see she's doing a pretty good job and eventually behind this guard. Vaughn, um, like maybe behind, behind a building or somewhere that this guy's not noticing him? Yeah, he does not look like he's on guard. Okay. So Vaughn is, is, yeah. is going to be watching very closely just to make sure that this guy doesn't recognize Aramonte and try to shoo her away because that would be a problem for him. There's about 50 to 100 people just walking everywhere within 10 feet of him. It's a very busy intersection. The last thing he would expect would be a plant. So Vaughn's going to look around, and if he doesn't see anything uh, that piques his interest, he's going to try to move to a position where he can see her very clearly, Aramonte, even, even with the people walking by. Easy enough. Sterling, Hawkins... Hawkins uh, trots up behind Vaughn. What you looking at, bud? Oh, Hawkins. Uh, see that blade of grass over there? That's Aramonte. Yeah, we saw her uh, leading you around by the nose. Isn't she amazing? 
Yeah, she is. I can't believe that she grew this much. And she's talking in full sentences? She made a friend down here, which I'm not so sure about. But uh, she wants me to meet him, and, well, I couldn't say no. And did you see how cute she is? Just just the cutest. Uh, so, again, what are you looking at? Well, she has this plan to go in and see her friend. She says that I they won't let me inside. That uh, maybe, did, I, I don't know. Did you forget what, uh, what your indigo robes can do? Oh, Pretty I, sure we can just go wherever we want to. I guess I did. Um, well, Aramante told me, what am I saying? What am I saying, Hawkins? Hey, guys, there's lots of food over here. And more books, but some food. Vaughn shakes his head, kind of like shake the cobwebs out of his uh, out of his head, and uh, and he looks at Hawkins and, and Sterling and says, right, man, let's go. And he just starts walking over. As you approach seeing your indigo robes, the guard quickly stands up and says, um, <clears throat> Bookins, uh, Skoda said you'd be coming by. I assume you've heard the mission. Uh, he's right in there. Uh, his name is Ascenditon. Um, assuming you've been briefed, you may go in. Wait, wait, hold on, mate. We just got back from a mission. Wait, are you? I think uh, we need to talk to Skoda there. He looks really confused now. So do you want to go in or uh, you want to wait for Skoda? Not sure entirely how to follow the protocol. The door cracks. He cracked the door open halfway and Aramonte zips in really quick. What did you guys learn about our meeting with Skoda? Well, we, uh, well, you know, we have to report to him and let him know how this went, you know, finish up. Did you set a time and a place? Uh, they said something about him being in a great hall and just waiting for us, but I mean, nothing. There was a celebration going on, mate. I have no idea. He looks really confused right now at seeing the three of you talk. <laughs> Weren't the two of you going to figure that out while I ran off to take care of something else? Well, for sure, but like Sterling said, there's a lot going on. Uh, I I'm sorry, can I see some identification or... Uh, sorry, it's just, uh, it's been really busy. A lot of visitors around here. Um, sh should I call Skoda or, or he's starting to sweat a little bit. His eyes are darting around suspiciously as if he's just been infiltrated. We'll go talk to Skoda. You can relax, my friend. You see our robes. You know who we are. Yeah, of course. Cause yeah, you're the bookends. Yeah. That's why you're wearing those indigo robes. And so you're not coming in not until we want to and it looks like we don't want to right now so we'll be back all right he shuts the door okay let's find skoda aramante just went in without us you know exactly where to find skoda he would be in the main library beyond the emerald door meanwhile ascendaton you were sitting in your room and outside you could hear the continual bustle of the 339 years of celebrations. All last few days it's been loud at night, louder in the morning. You can even smell upon the winter winds the ripe books being brought in and shuttled into the court as witnesses and wardens shuffle them off for readers to distinguish their veracity. However, you are down here now, 
alone save the company of your mechanical dog provided by the Helping Hands workshop. It's been quite a few days since your voice has returned. However, moments before Aramonte enters, you say something, realizing your voice has indeed returned. What is that? Who is a good boy? You are. And I pet the dog. (laughs) Okay. And at that moment, the dog, hearing your response, immediately, well, we're just going to roll for it here. Give me a D8. Even it responds hostile. Odd it responds friendly. Even. Its mouth shoots out and a large chain extends from its neck and its teeth go shooting off, smashing through the, the, the ceiling above you. And then the dog gets caught on its own chain and its body shoots up towards the edge of the ceiling and is just hanging there, rattling. I'm a good boy, I'm a good boy. And now that's not necessary. Settle down. I know I've only just got my voice back, but here, and I'm standing under him with my arms held out like I'm going to catch him when he falls. How, how heavy is it? Metal dog, it's probably 150 pounds. Okay, yeah. I think better of it very quickly when I see him swaying there and hear the creaking timber of the ceiling. Um, Make a dexterity saving throw then. Okay. That is a total of 17. Uh, You nimbly duck out of the way. Yeah, total of 20. The dog immediately, its eyes glaze back over dark. Its teeth returns to its face and it stands there proudly at attention. Well, that was an adventure. You hear the door creak open. Are you going to come in or not? No, you're not? Okay. Door closes and you hear the scuffling of feet. You see yes. Petal in the corner. Petal is waving at you. Petal, how are you? My my father has returned. I'm so happy. I would like for you to meet him, but he can't come in because the mean guard is outside. The mean guard? I need guard. to know your name. I need to know your name so I can tell my father that he knows you so he can come in and meet you. My name is Asindaton. Okay, I'll be right back. She opens the door. Okay. Where'd you go? All is quiet, Ascendaton. You have a couple of moments before the bookends presumably return. How do you spend your time? Uh, the first thing I do is I flex my right hand uh, and I look down at it. It, it is pocked with scabs that have healed over. And uh, I I stretch stretch it open a couple times to make sure that it's it's still functional uh but um with that i i absentmindedly scan the room to make sure that everything looks to be in order now that it sounds like company might be coming to visit there's not much to organize the there's not you arrive. yeah the bookends <laughs> you arrive in the main library beyond the green door this rectangular building stands and upon that, a smaller rectangular building, and then finally a third story. This three-story boasting over 50 librarian rooms between them all. The building is surrounded by a small river that flows through Bald Top and into the Mavi Ocean, running through the Orange Blossom Gymnasium. And in this main library, with a very unassuming door, you enter going straight away to Skoda's office, I presume. 
Upon there, the guards welcome you in, and Skoda puts down his spectacles. His dragonborn teeth glisten in the sunlight peering through the window. Bookins, you're alive and presumably successful, I hope. Is that what I think it is? Yeah, this is the instruction manual for uh, that the Amberdune gang was using to make the Ging Watsons. He looks through it a little bit. This is fascinating. This is a one-of-a-kind find, and indeed. How certain are you that there is no reproduction of this? Well, you see, there was this brain in a jar, and it didn't seem like he was interested in reproducing it. It just looked like he was interested in taking over or something. Uh, and we destroyed all the other books there was, so I'm pretty sure uh, that this is it. Brain in a jar. Hawkins, can you elaborate? Um, it, it had some sort of psychic ability to speak, uh, latched on to Vaughn. So Vaughn's really the only one that heard him. Uh, Eluviano, is that what you said he called himself? He rushes over to a bookshelf and he pulls a book out and begins opening it up and mutters some words. And upon a seemingly blank page, images of scripts appear. And you see there is a, a brain in a jar, very similar to the one you saw. Yes. Stasis. Yeah, is this it? Yes. This yes. is a soul, soul stasis uh, designed to preserve the consciousness of powerful creatures in hopes that one day they may be resurrected. What is the outcome of this creature? Well, he, he was speaking to me in my mind, told me that uh, he asked me if I was the new leader of the gang that was going to help him come back to life and, uh, and take over again. I don't know. I don't know anything about him except for what he told me his name was. And uh, I was talking to him. We were trying to figure it out. And Sterling very uh, adeptly oh. knocked, knocked it over. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, and he then was he talking died. about being leader. He was talking about being the leader. I just had to go check on it. And, you know, I, these robes, I tripped a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it fell. I don't think you need to blame your robes. So you're saying he's dismantled, extinguished. Yes, he was asking to be put back into a jar of liquid, and uh, I misunderstood his request and put my sword through his brain. Well, that's one way to do it. Um, is there any possibility that he mentioned to you the manner of his resurrection? Only that they were creating the Gingwatsums to sell the books and generate income so that he could pay for resurrection. He said it's very expensive. Uh, I don't know much about this kind of stuff, but uh, that's what they were doing. Yeah. And there were nine nine books that were sitting there that that I believe were Watsons, And uh, we destroyed those as well as the brain and brought this one back to you. Well, Illuviano, if he gave you his name, says everything we need to know. Unfortunately, the Amberduke gang most likely was under his psychic powers. Luviano is a member of the Nankoi Monastery. At that name, Vaughn, memories of nightmares, a horrible order of monks known for dark and vile practices forsaking all dignity of human life. Are you familiar I've with them? Heard of them, yes. Chathi told me about them, and the 
evil things they did, how poorly they represented the, uh, the order of the monks. And yes, I, I'm familiar, not with him specifically, but with their order, yes. Luviana was seeking means to resurrect. Not that gold alone can provide it, but gold can provide people such as yourselves to get what they need. Anyway, you need this. And he hands you, Hawkins, a writ, a script. His name is Ascendaton. He is an informant and one of the world's leading experts on this cult. And more importantly, on the Black Lotus. Black Lotus being a single flower that appears only at certain times in the seasons of the stars. And whoever obtains the Black Lotus has the power of resurrection. You can imagine people like the Siluviano, as well as other leaders who have since died and found ways of preservation, be very interested in obtaining this flower for means of resurrection. Rumors say that the path to this resurrection involves the massacre of their own followers. The blood and the spirit would somehow thrust this person back into existence. It's a nice segue into your next mission, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome back, bookends. Thanks. Uh, I, I don't suppose uh, we have time to well, I'd, I'd like to get into the helping hand shop for a little bit before we head out again. I'm impressed so far. Take all the time you need, but please understand that this flower, well, it's everything in the script, but it only appears at a certain time of year. Well, once every 77 years, to be more exactly. There will be a race to the finish come three days. That's a long way of saying you have three days to prepare. Yeah, that doesn't sound like all the time we want, Skoda. And this oh. ascend Ascendaton, where, where do we meet him? He's in the House of Lazarus, currently under quarantine. He, um, He's a good man. He's worked here as a reader under my supervision for quite some time. He unfortunately came into contact with a book, a spirit, uh, something we quite didn't understand. And we've had him there just to make sure... His mind hadn't been altered in any way. I believe he's safe, and to be honest, as safe as the time we have... As safe as time can allow. Since he is an expert on the Black Lotus, he will be attending your mission. This will also, if I can be so bold, give a little space between him and the library. For there are those here in the library who do not think he should be present at all given his breach of conduct. Well, you said he was a good man, and now we're talking about his breach of conduct. I believe he is a good man, personally. But that doesn't count for every council. I but guess we'll help you determine that. I, ho I would hope so. And so he's not a bookend, so technically like we're his bosses, right? <laughs> Depends on what game you're playing. Inside of Baltop, uh, absolutely. Uh, outside of Bald Top? It'd be a game of wits, Sterling. Oh. Alright, three days. It's not a long time, but um, that sounds... Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. And we're here for a party, too. Wow, what good timing. 
Hey, how dare you throw a party? I mean, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, you threw a party and we weren't here. Um, that's, 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 hey, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. It happens every year. Sterling, you're more than invited. You're more than happy to come to the next one. Oh, good. Well, you know, we almost died out there a couple times, you know, so I hope we make it to the next one, but we kind of knew that too. He's looking through other books and he turns to see Sterling still talking and has raises what eyebrows he would have. I'm sorry, did you need something else? Thank you, Skoda. We will be leaving now. And Vaughn pushes Sterling a little bit towards the door. Vaughn's going to make a beeline for um, for Lazarus' house and uh, where Aramonte is and to meet this guy who is Aramonte's friend and maybe a good guy and maybe not a good guy. Sterling's following, but he's kind of chatting. He's, and just so you know, guys, I've learned this new spell where you can breathe underwater like me. I can teach you how to swim. It'll be great. We have a good time. And, you know, we've got three days. That's plenty of time to teach you. Don't worry, guys. But you like getting wet, right? Hawkins is half listening to Sterling. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and sort of side eyeing uh, the Helping Hands workshop as they're making their way across the court of air. And he's going to, I think he's going to split off from the group, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh head over to the to the workshop knowing that he has limited time to make his uh make his adjustments on the longsword grappling hook vaughn doesn't even notice who's following him or who's not following him he's doing what he's doing vaughn and sterling you approach this time the guard is just assumes you've seen skoda and opens the door willingly you see that there are three doors within this underground chamber. There are three names on the doors. Ascenditon to the left, Philo to the center, and Irony to the right. How do you proceed? Vaughn's going to look at Sterling and give him a shrug like, you do what you want to do, and then he's going to knock on Ascenditon's door. Every story comes to an ending, so for now, we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should visit Tabletop Audio. Find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And take the time to help other Sojourners find their place. Go to your favorite podcasting platform and leave a rating and review. This helps others come alongside with us. And however you choose to sojourn with us, as always, may your story continue.